Welcome to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal. We examine things like habits of entrepreneurs, emerging trends, financing, marketing, where to get help, even how to get started on your own. And I love hearing from small business owners and employees. Let's talk about your business. Send me an email at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Today, more attention being paid right now to the four-day work week among small businesses and startups experimenting with no packaging for their products. Those stories after this. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. GEICO could help you get great coverage at a great price, and it only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today and see how much you could save. The four-day work week is hardly new. The compressed work week has been a flexible work arrangement for years. Management gurus have proposed the idea since at least 1970. Even states and school systems have been trying out the concept. Yet thanks to a tight labor market, the growth of remote work, or perhaps just wishful thinking, a shorter work week has been getting more and more attention. Here's Jenna McGregor, reporter at the Washington Post. Jenna, explain. Well, you know, this is a topic that... uh has been around for a long time, but continues to get more and more attention. I think as the the labor market's really tight and companies look for new ways to interest workers and and lure new recruits, but also it's gotten some attention because um, there's a a trade union in the United Kingdom that's actually pushing to try to move to a four-day week. Um, There was a company, a rather, you know, 200-and-something company, in New Zealand that tried this and it went really well. So it's been getting more attention and we wanted to say, well, how does it actually work in practice and speak to some people who had done it across their company, all of them small businesses, to say, how did it work? Mm. All right, so what'd you hear? You know, I kind of expected to hear, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. We absolutely love it. And probably if I was to speak to these folks, you know, the people who work for them, their employees, I, I might hear that. Um, and, but, but the people who had actually instituted it, the bosses, the managers of these, of these small businesses said, you know, it, it is good. We've seen a lot of productivity. People have a lot of, a lot more time to think they have a lot more time with their families, but it's logistically a lot more difficult than we expected. Um, and one of the big things that continued to come up was things like vacation days and, and holidays. And how do you manage that when you're already giving somebody every Friday off all year? Mm. Does it depend on the type of business when it comes to logistics? I think absolutely. Um, three of the four companies that I talked to were tech firms. And, uh, you know, these are software development or um, training firms that deal with tech technology. And I think their work is a little more project-oriented, right? This is not, um, you know, a consulting firm that's on call for their clients all the time. This is not um, obviously any kind of manufacturing or industry. It's, it's very project-oriented work. It can be very individual-oriented, you know, oriented, like one person doing their work. And so I think it's a little easier to, to just put some parameters around it and say this is Monday through Thursday, and then we can stop and go home and have a beer and spend Friday with our families. Mm-hmm. Speaking with Jenna McGregor, reporter at The Washington Post, she's written uh, about the shorter work week, like a Monday through Thursday. What was this concern somebody raised about the, quote, vodka virus? <laughs> well, what he had, this, this gentleman that I spoke to, he had this really interesting observation that what happens a lot is 
people almost get a little greedy, right? They have every Friday off. And then suddenly he started getting a lot more people calling in sick on Monday and repeatedly having a sick day on Monday. And that was his term for, for what he saw and just kind of saying, you know, if I've got one day, I could make a four day weekend out of it instead of a three day weekend. And then he saw people, you know, adding one of their vacation days on a Tuesday after a Monday holiday, getting a five day vacation out of only taking one vacation day. And so he had to stop some of that and say, okay, look, I'm going to pick up on it. If you keep calling in sick on Monday when there's a holiday Monday, like Memorial Day or Labor Day, you can't. We're we're going to work that Friday because we just can't run the business if we're all only working three days a week. And he he said, you know, when you're going to take some time off, take a chunk of time, or don't take it right next to a holiday because I'm just too short staffed okay. during that time. What about uh, what about kind of the magic forty hours and squeezing them in? Is that expected to happen in a Monday through Thursday, or is working some of the day on Friday, say from home, okay? Well, I mean, I think anything's okay. It's just a matter of what works for your business. But what, what was interesting is I expected everybody I talked to to do a, you know, four ten-hour days. Say squeeze the four, you know, work longer days on on Monday through Thursday, so you're paying somebody for the same amount of work time, uh, but you're just moving it into a shorter period. And some companies have tried this as a flexible work arrangement, calling it a compressed work week. And while some people like that, it, it didn't work for other companies, some of the other businesses I talked to, because they said, you know, people have to get home to their kids, um, especially in, in work like programming that's really focused and, 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 People are really focusing hard all day. It was just too long. People were getting tired and exhausted from working that, that long of a day. And so um, they switched back or gave, gave people a choice. So, I, you know, I think it depends on the company. But I was surprised some people said, no, we're actually going to try to make this work in 32 hours and say, you know, a lot of the work that we do is busy work. We waste a lot. We all waste a lot of time at work. Let's. Wow. Let, let's really try to get what we need to get done in 32 hours instead of 40. And somebody said uh, that at some points leads to very pressure-filled Thursdays. Yeah. I mean, they, they, one of the things they, they really tried to do is say Thursday cannot become the new Friday. So, we're, you know, it's not like you're going to start slacking off at 2 o'clock on Thursday afternoon because you're already getting Friday off. And so there were a lot of deadlines and a lot of pressure and you know, how do you, how do you reconfigure the day so that you don't have a lot of meetings, say, on Thursday because people were trying to get the work done that they needed to get done before the weekend on Thursday afternoon. So there was a lot of um, people, a lot of talk about how can we rethink the way we work so that we can get a lot more done in that compressed time period. They had to be smarter about the way they scheduled meetings and whether a meeting was even necessary and fine-tuning what someone's job responsibilities really were because you're trying to get people to work much, much, much more efficiently if they're only working four days. Thanks, Jenna. Jenna McGregor, Washington Post reporter. Well, a new grocery store in Brooklyn is most notable for what it does not offer, and that's packaging. At a company called PreCycle, most everything from loose tea and granola 
to honey and laundry detergent is offered in a bin or dispenser and sold by the pound. Customers bring their own bags and jars. The weight of your container is subtracted from your bill. More on the trend from Wall Street Journal columnist Ann Cadet. And what have you seen? Well, I think we all know there have been a lot of stores going back decades, including, you know, co-ops and health food stores where they sold a lot of their food in bulk. But kind of the new twist on that is there's a lot of stores, well, not even to say a lot of stores, but there's a couple stores opening up where not only do they sell a lot of, you know, food in bulk that you would traditionally think of as being bulk food, like, you know, rice or beans or grains, but they don't offer any bags, so you have to bring your own container. And then they're also offering um, other kinds of food that you typically would think that you have to buy in a package, like shampoo or deodorant or hand soap or honey. So um, there's just no packaging at all. Everything is what they like to refer to as package-free or zero waste. There's kind of a new trend coming along with people who are, you know, the kind of people who bought organic or free-range or tried to buy local, now their thing is trying to live a zero-waste lifestyle where they don't produce any waste at all, that nothing they do produces any trash. Wow. So if you need multiple items, Mm -hmm. you need multiple containers to bring with you to this store. Yeah, well, kind of the funny twist on this is that um, some of the stores that are package-free, they sell an awful lot of packaging. (laughs) And by that, I mean they, you know, for people who don't have, like, nice jars or spray bottles or what have you, or, or, you know, cans, you can buy that stuff there. So you're, you're, you, can, you can buy a reusable okay. jar or a, or a nice little shaker bottle if you don't happen to have one that you can bring in from home. Wow. All right, so I know you referenced that uh, does impact the price of goods, right? Things are considerably more expensive in this store? Yeah, it's a lot like organic or cage-free. You're kind of paying for the right to be virtuous. Mm. So at, at this... Um, the newest store, which is called Precycle, it's in the Bushwick section of Brooklyn. A lot of the prices are maybe twice what you would buy for similar items at Whole Foods or you know, maybe three times what you would be paying at Trader Joe's. So you can buy organic pasta, and it's very beautiful, and it's locally sourced and all of that. But I think it was $9.59 a pound. Wow. And brown rice is $5 a pound. And um, you know, the carrots, which were delicious, they were really great carrots, but they were $3 a pound, so that's a mm. good deal more than you'd typically be paying. And I'm told the reason for that is is that there are just not a lot of suppliers who can provide these items in a package-free format or packaging that doesn't include any plastics. So there's not a lot of competition. If you're a store that wants to offer these items, there's maybe one or two vendors around. So you're not. it's not that they're, you know, making ridiculously high margins is that they're paying a lot of money for the goods that they're offering. Wow. We're speaking with Wall Street Journal columnist and cadet. Her piece is called Bagging It. In Brooklyn, some grocers throw out packaging to contain trash. All right. So there was uh, one woman, too, who said in your story, like, there's really a lot of room here for competition, which she is hoping will then drive down prices. Yeah, there's a, there's a store that's been open about 18 months in um, the Williamsburg section of Brooklyn called the Package Free Shop. And they don't offer a lot of food there, but you can buy all kinds of, you know, shampoos and face products, and you can buy, you know, utensil kits and all, all kinds of stuff to support your zero-waste lifestyle. And she, uh, the entrepreneur, she agreed that um, 
her prices are high. And she said, if you go to her store and you think like, well, that's a ridiculous price to pay for, say, a glass spray bottle, that's like a huge business opportunity for some vendor out there. She mm. said there's just a lot of demand for her business that's growing very, very fast. And she thinks anyone who can offer you know, the supplies to stock her store at a lower price that they would do very, very well. But it's, it's, you know, it's a little slow um, catching on to what she sees her customers demanding. Thanks, Ann. Wall Street Journal columnist and cadet. Reminder, by the way, the Small Business Report is found on our website, which is This Morning with Gordon Deal. Com. That's also where you can hear our daily news program called This Morning, America's First News. Again, if you'd like to share your small business story, I'd like to hear it. Send me an email at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal.